Well, after a slight freshen up, uh, about uh, eight or nine days off, the intensity of the ashes resumes tonight when England and Australia take to Old Trafford in the fourth test of what has already been one of the most compelling series of all time. England need a result, the right result, to keep their dream of winning the Ashes on home soil alive, giving Stokes and McCullum their crowning moment. Uh, too much uh, rain would entirely dampen that parade. Weather watch will be interesting, but Australia seemed uh, in cruise control, didn't they? Pat Cummins doesn't think they've lost their momentum, and maybe the small break has meant that in this case, uh, heading to Old Trafford, we will see and hear live on SENZ this evening from 9 o'clock, of course. John Norman is uh, an acclaimed sports commentator. He's also talk sports cricket editor and a great friend to us uh, down here in New Zealand. Uh, Good evening to you, John, and thanks for your time. Oh, anytime, anytime. It's been been a wonderful series, and as much as I'd love England to win this, I think the main reason I'd love England to win this Test match is just to keep this story going to the Oval. Mm, absolutely, uh, and I can see it happening. I mean, there's something about this McCullum-Stokes combination that says that is, uh, in the, it's in the wind anyway. Uh, what we do know, uh, for John, it's uh, Jimmy Anderson back into the side uh, for his 180th Test match in itself, which is quite incredible. Uh, but he's at home at Old Trafford. There'll be plenty of sentiment around Jimmy in this Test. Well, they're they're well, but you know, in nearly any other era, or any other year, or any other Test match, he would be the the main story. But uh, uh, whilst his recall to the side is a big story, the fact that it could well be his last ever Test match at Old Trafford, who knows? Maybe it'll even be his last ever Test match ever. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just one of many many interesting narratives that we have three test matches in david warner his career continues again um uh, cameron green in for the uh, off spinner todd murphy so australia going in without a spinner a defensive move i'd say so and uh moeen ali playing in a false number three as will mcpherson in the daily telegraph has coined it um a free hit have you ever in all your years following cricket heard the number three position in the test side be described as a free hit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether Moeen Ali scores any runs. He's not even expecting to score any runs. But this is the crazy McCullum-Stokes world we live in. It is is actually mind-blowing when you put it in in that uh, that particular way. Hey, and, And... This is the same Moan Ali who had to be enticed back into the fold, played half a test match, his finger left, you know, his finger blistered up, he couldn't bowl. What a story this has been for Mo Ali as much as anyone else. Well, absolutely. And the only reason he's back in the side is because of some secret, uh, some basically some uh, an NHS worker was watching the cricket and sent him some tips on how to recover his... Um, recovery spinning thing, get it fixed up. And do you know what he used? Manuka honey. I mean, you know, if he was a New Zealander, then, you know, all the spinners have Manuka honey in their kit bag. So maybe the NHS worker was a Kiwi as well. It's, I tell you what, the the, 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 the thing is with this series, so we had the, the, the funky declaration at Edgbaston. We had the spirit of cricket and Alex Carey stumping Johnny Bairstow at Lords and the Ferroi there and the MCC kicking off scenes i've never seen at lords on day five and then of course we had the fastest spell of bowling ever by an englishman um as england roar back into the contest thanks to mark wood uh, headingly the question is what on earth is going to happen at old trafford 
Um, you know, are we going to see a forfeiture of, of an innings from Ben Stokes? Are we going to see, um, I mean, are we going to see a hat trick to win a match? I mean, it's just, it just baffles my mind to think that this series can continue as the last three have left off. Are you going to see an atmosphere that we saw for parts of the time at Headingley? I mean, are Old Trafford going to be as bullish towards Alex Carey and co? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I actually didn't think the Headingley crowd was quite as vociferous as I expected it to be. And there's no louder crowd than the, than the Edgbaston, by the way, the Hollies stand. But I think in some ways the pressure just got to the crowd a bit. So desperate for England to win. Now, I was at Headingley in 2019 when Ben Stokes performed the greatest innings I've ever seen. Um, and the crowd on that day were much louder than they were in the last test match. And they were pretty loud, don't get me wrong. But I think that there was a lot of nerves associated with the run chase on day four. Certainly watching on, um, I was counting down the score that England needed with, uh, you know, in, in a way that I haven't done for years in a cricket ground. It was quite something. And I suppose, really, it, uh, to take me back to what I was saying at the start, it's not just about winning the match so England draw the level, draw a level in the series. It's just so we can continue with this series. It's very, very unusual to be three test matches in, Smithy, and I'm sure you'll agree, and still have more questions than answers. By this mm. stage, well, let's be honest, most series have, 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 have finished by now, haven't they? And the teams are heading back, back to where they come from. We're very fortunate that we do still have five test series in, in cricket, very rarely. But essentially, three tests in, and we're still not quite sure where this uh, series is going. We're still not quite sure about the form of some key individuals like Marnus Labashane or uh, Steve Smith, who's gone past 50 once, by the way. Um, you know, nobody's really talking about Zach Crawley and, and Ben Duckett at the top of the England order. You've got Moeen Ali, who's retired twice. He's batting at three. Um, and then, of course, you've got Ben Stokes just... His innings of 80 in the first innings at Headingley, he's so consistent is he against Australia. Whilst I was watching those sixes rain into the crowd, it almost seemed normal. That's the level that he's reached when it comes to playing Australia. So it's, uh, it's such an incredible series. And I suppose we want England to win, A, because we want England to win. But B, we just want this series to carry on forever. It's an interesting point you make about attacking cricket, uh, John. And I was I was watching, um, uh, you know, a lot of it myself. And yet there have been some periods of extremely defensive cricket when you look at players ringing boundaries. Um, you know, not concede, trying not to concede boundaries at times. It happens at Lords. It happened very much when Travis Head was on strike at he uh, at Headingley. So for all the attack, all the going at each other, there have been periods of a lot of sitting back as well. Yeah, and I think the game needs that because, you know, there's nothing more, well, I, I suppose you, what Test Cricket brings that you don't get in T20 and you don't get in ODIs is essentially nuance, um, differing approaches, um, and essentially, you know, an innings when you're in trouble and you just need to batten down the hatches and get through to the lunch break or just to see off, you know, 10, 15 overs of a ball that's moving around a lot, that still has got to be part of the game. That still adds so much to the game. It's just the ability of some of these players, Ben Stokes in particular, does it better than nearly anyone I've ever seen, 
who can just flick a switch. He can he can go up through the gears depending on the game situation itself. But that's not to say that neither of these teams can play defensive, and it's not just with the bat. In second innings, England, I would say, are the best in the world at bowling dry. You know, they bowl very differently in second innings as they do in first. It's, and they, it's about containment. It's about defensive. Basball only really exists when they're batting, I suppose, at times. But in terms of the defensiveness, I would say that it's Australia that have really batted themselves into a shell. Or certainly, when England have landed a few blows, they're the quicker to retreat. And that's not something I've said about Australia in in a long, long time. It's certainly not something that we associate with their cricket. But I think if they were to look back, and both teams can look at, back at, at what-if moments. England can look back at what-if moments in Edgbaston and Lords, and they can say, we lost that game. We lost games there because we were too adventurous. We were too attacking. We went too gung-ho. Australia would look, look back at Headingley, and they would say we lost that match because we went too defensive, two completely contrasting display, uh, uh, two completely contrasting uh, tactics on display by both sides, um, and it's unusual to be looking back and seeing it that as a weakness when really over the years it's been more the domain of the opposing team to have been either def- too defensive or too attacking. John, that's a very interesting point you bring up about the defensive and attacking nature of things. And I look at team selection now when I consider that. And now just uh, we, we, we look back to Lords and Nathan Lyon was playing his 100th consecutive, 100th consecutive test match. Two tests later, Australia not even thinking about a, a specialist spinner as such. Uh, obviously a vote of no confidence in uh, this young fellow, Todd Murphy, but what about what about the tactical side of things? And uh, is it going to spin Old Trafford? It looks a bit more barren going into this test than the other one. Well, I think that the weather for the forecast for the weekend may take out the real fears associated that most teams have with playing, or essentially batting on days four and five. But I think that Nathan Lyon injury... You know, we, we saw at Headingley just how big a moment that was. Because if Nathan Lyon plays at Headingley, Pat Cummins throws in the ball, he holds up an end and takes wickets, and he just allows Australia to rotate their fast bowlers at the other end. Now, Mitch Marsh comes into the side, scores a century, takes a couple of wickets. He's got to play in the fourth test. I totally understand that. I think Australia have fudged this a little bit, and I think they've gone too defensive. They've brought in Cameron Green instead of Todd Murphy. For me, Smithy, if they need to win this test match, I think they play Todd Murphy. I think they've Mm. gone into that, into this test match with Cameron Green. They fudged the decision about Warner. They fudged the decision about either dropping Marsh or keeping Green out the side. And essentially, they like the look of the batting lineup, batting down to 10 with Cummins. And they're thinking to themselves, all we need to do is draw this match. And, you know, the Ashes is, is essentially ours. England can't win the Ashes, so we've retained it. I reckon that's it may work for them. You know, they may be gambling on the weather, forcing England. If Australia were to score, you know, 350, 400, they'd be forcing England into doing something risky because they've got to gamble everything to win a test and then possibly they could uh, they could come to the fore. But I, I just think it's a defensive move. I think they are coming into the match 
hopeful of weather and essentially hopeful that they've got the batting strength that can see them through to the draw rather than coming into the match with a bowling attack that's going to take 20 wickets and we'll see them win the series three to whatever England get at the Oval. And, and that may that may well come back to cost them. It may well. Uh, the other interesting factor in their selection, of course, is the David Warner factor. So much speculation over the last eight or nine days. Was there ever a danger there? I don't think so. I think, you know, again, I'll say so, if you're an England cricket fan, what would you rather Australia do? Now, the options are to bring in Matt Renshaw or um, Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris is a left-hander, didn't have a particularly good series. In fact, he was dropped four years ago. You don't fear Marcus Harris. You do fear David Warner. Now, even if you do feel that Stuart Brawl's got his number, David Warner at first slip hasn't dropped anything. You know, compare and contrast with Joe Root at first slip. Australia's catching has been near on uh, flawless or faultless. Keep him in for his slip fielding as much as anything. And if you're batting down to 10 anyway because you've got Cummins, losing David Warner isn't quite the damaging moment in the match than, than maybe it would have been five, six, seven years ago or so. So I kind of didn't expect them to change it. There was some talk that maybe Mitch Marsh would come in as opener, Cameron Green would come in at number six, and then Todd Murphy was play, possibly. One thing I will say about Warner, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but if if his career was to have finished at Headingley, I think that would have been a, a real shame, really, for the game, for the player, for Australia as well. So no real surprise that he's going to be playing this test match. Battle bowl, if, uh, on what you've seen, what would you do uh, when you consider what has to be the outcome for both sides here? Battle bowl for you. Well, I think Australia's team selection is to bat. I think it kind of makes more sense than batting to 10 if they bat first, try and take control of the game. England, I would rather they bat first. I don't think the conditions are that bad for the first two days. You score 350, 400, you're in control of the game, and then you can make your choice as to how you go about things afterwards. I've just got a feeling England are going to bowl first. They love to chase, as we know, um, and I've just got the feeling Australia are going to bat first. But to be honest with you, Smithy, I wasn't sure. The pitch doesn't. It's not as green as what we saw at Lords. It's, the conditions mm. aren't going to be as bowler friendly. I don't think for the first day or two. So it's and it's it's a difficult one. The fact Australia come in without a spinner. Obviously, England do come in with a spinner, but you know we're not really sure about his effectiveness. It really muddies muddies the waters, and um, it's going to be fascinating at half past ten tomorrow, or what's that? Half past nine p.m. your time. Um, but mm. yeah, I've just got a feeling England bowl, Australia bat. John, absolutely fantastic to catch up with you, get uh, your in-depth thoughts on uh, how you see this one playing out. Uh, have a terrific call. Uh, all the very best, and uh, we'll be listening and watching from this far away. It's been riveting. Cheers, man. Anytime, Smithy. Pleasure to chat to you as always.